Blog Talk Radio. testimony and also 
a word of encouragement to each and every one of us. So without further moment ado, what we're going to do, we're going to introduce our very own, Dallas' own, Mr. Josiah Caleb. How you doing today, sir? Hey, how you doing? Okay. And I got to speak. Can you hear me? Are you there? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what we're going to do, I'm sorry for sorry for the technical difficulties, but um, what we're going to do, we know you have a, an engagement, but we want to go into the show right now. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your story um, growing up or uh, just the beginning of Mr. Josiah? Okay. Um, so I, I am originally from Plano, Texas. Uh, most of my family is from Mississippi, um, you know, around Prentice, uh, Hattiesburg, got some family in the Delta part. Um, and uh, my my dad went to prison um, when I was around five years old. And from there, um, it was me, my mom, my brother. Um, I, I, I had a sister, um, which at that point in time, she was in and out the house. So... You know, uh, with my father being gone, it kind of um, had us in a position where um, we couldn't financially, um, we wasn't financially stable. So, um, you know, we started living with family members and, um, you know, sometimes when you're living with family members, they, you know, when you're, you have two kids and it's three people, they, you know, get, a, get to a point where they need that space too. So um, we became homeless. Um, that's when we stayed at the Dallas Life Foundation, and um, uh, we moved um, to the Dallas area, came out of around eight, and um, once we moved to the Dallas area, we uh, were staying at the uh, Dallas Life Foundation um, for four minutes, um, then we became homeless, and then we went to, we got our first uh, first apartment, and uh, I grew up in um they call it the uh, Highland Hills area, which is uh, in the Oak Cliff area. And so um, from from that point, we, we were more stable as far as in, um, just getting able to live. And, you know, if anybody's been in the uh, Highland Hills area, it's, uh, it's a pretty rough area, um, especially just growing up in that area. Uh, it can be uh, pretty rough. So that's kind of... Um, kind of the, the beginning stages of, you know, my background and, um, you know, where I came from and where I grew up. Yeah. Now, with you, um, in the situation that you were in, um, was it was it a lot of peer pressure where you were at? And uh, if there were peer pressure, around your environment, uh, how did you overcome it? Oh, there, there was a, a, a lot of peer pressure. Um, I, I think, you know, when you're in, come from a family where uh, it's a uh, pretty, uh, you know, a religious background, um, and it's always peer pressure when you're in a place where, you know, everybody are, are it's kind of, I wouldn't say too much to look down upon, but you're kind of, you know, out of the circle when you're, you know, the, the Christian kid. You know, especially growing up in the, the, the hood, you know, it doesn't look 
it, it's not cool. You know, it doesn't. You know, they don't look at it as, as being cool because the majority of you know the kids they're they're not really you know on to the you know the, the, the Christian way and the Christian lifestyle and you know just really being into God. You know, so the, the peer pressure came from that and you know um, and, and try not to get too far away from you know, um, what I was taught in the home and, you know, but, but then as a young kid, you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be that lone, that loner, you know, you don't want to be lonely and, you know, be that kid that just, that just be, you know, just sticks out and, you know, um, and you don't have any friends because you're so different or you just raised in a different way. Um, but peer pressure came, peer pressure came and, um, uh, a lot of times, especially growing up, it um, it wasn't dealt with in the best ways. Um, you know, as a kid, we still did a lot of things that, you know, was, uh, I, I would say, outside of the teachings of our parents, you know. Um, but I think the most important part was that, you know, just growing up um, with with the faith instilled in us, we didn't, we didn't get too far out of, of what we was taught, you know, because I've seen a, a lot of young people that, man, they, they got so far into, you know, into their lifestyle of, of whether it was drugs, whether it was, you know, being in games or just running the streets, and, man, they didn't make it. So, you know, um, a, a lot of people knew my, my mom and knew that, she, you know, we, we had Christian, Christian parents and, a lot of times, you know, some of the guys that were, you know, doing their thing or in the games or whatever, they'd be like, nah, y'all don't need to be over here. Nah, y'all, you know, y'all, y'all church boys, y'all can't be doing this, you know. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, that would keep us from getting, you know, getting too far into um, those things at, at a young age. So. With all of that going on, what was the the lowest point? What was the lowest point that you experienced? And then, in the midst of your lowest point, uh, can you tell us how you came out of it? Um, I, I would say I would say my lowest point was um, even as a young child, my lowest point was being homeless. Um, I think that was by far one of the worst experiences I've, I've experienced um, in my life. You know, um, just having to live in, in one room and, you know, three people to this one room and, you know, um, the food, you know, just even the food, but I don't know if anyone has, has eaten the food that has been in, you know, a lot of the homeless shelters, but it's not really that good, you know. Um, I, I would really I would really tell people to invest in, you want to put your money into something, invest in um, getting, make sure that fresh food is, is put into these homeless shelters, but, you know, and, and I don't know, you know, what programs are set up now as far as for food, but 
I remember we were saying that it, it just wasn't too good. I know we sometimes we ate bread that was, you know, that was molded or things like that, and you know, um, <clears throat> just just a lot of things. But but I, I, you know, God is so good because a lot of times, you know, we never really realize why we go through things in our life, and that was a point of in, in my life and even in my mother's life where we were really tested. And even though I was young, I, I I knew we were in a situation that just wasn't good. You know, I remember when we first got there, I, I just, man, I couldn't stop crying because I knew we were at literally at the lowest point we could get to. You know, and, and so um, we, we would wake up early in the morning um, I meant to get like up early in the morning and go and have to catch the train all the way to Richardson to make sure, you know, we were getting a, a good education, you know. And, you know, my mom's faith, you know, her, her, just the, her faith really helped me to realize that we can truly make it through the hard times in our life if we really trust in God. And it, it was my faith in God and just watching my mother's faith and, you know, from losing her husband and him being in prison and having to deal with trying to raise two boys and, and, and you know, and still, you know, make sure that we were okay and just, you know, all those things, you know, and it's like, you know, she could have given up and, you know, it, it helped me when when the Bible says that we're overcoming by our testimony. You know, it, it it truly is the testimony of of people that that help us to overcome. And it, you know, and just watching my mom and things like that, it really helped me to overcome um, that hardship in my life. Okay. Um. Number one, I'm switching back and forth. Um, in in the midst of what you dealt with, you you mentioned that you had the gift, the gift of singing and, and even ministering. Um, can you tell us, in the midst of what you were dealing with, can you tell me how God came in and they even revealed to you uh, what your purpose or calling was in the midst of the storm that you were in? Well, um, I, I really, through, through that time I was young, and, um, you know, I really didn't get a full revelation of um, of that until I would say maybe about two to three years later, probably like 11 or 12, you know. Um, you know, my mom and dad would always, uh, you know, tell us certain things or what God taught us to be, but, you know, I remember when I was um, in the church that I was raised in, um, and the, the pastor there would um, allow us to um, really use our gifts, you know, and she would, um, you know, she it was more of a prophetic ministry, and um, she, she would really stir the gifts that was inside of us. And so I knew when I was younger that I liked to rap because at, at, 
at first I was I was always rapping, you know. Um, you know, as a young kid, I was just rapping, and you know, I didn't start singing until I was um, probably I would say in uh, getting ready to go to high school, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, when I was when I was younger, um, being in being in the church that I was raised in. Um, we we dealt a lot with you know just uh, prophetic and, and pushing out the gifts that's inside of us and that's when I knew that it was um, definitely a, a calling of my life and um, that God really wanted to use me and so um, uh, I I would sing there I, I I wouldn't say I was the best best singer <laughs> I wasn't as developed as I was now. Um, but I knew that I had a gift to sing and a gift to write music and um, a gift to, um, um, to to rap also. And so um, that's when I got in. When I got into high school, I started to uh, really get into um, choir and uh, begin to like really um, perfect my voice and um, you know it begins to really challenge me and really um, perfect the gifts that I had to things. Wow. Um, I'm looking at the time. I'm listening. Uh, the episode is entitled Surviving the Storm, and we have our very own Mr. Josiah uh, Collum. Caleb. Sorry, Caleb. So right now, he's going to... We got about about twelve more minutes he has to um he has to make another engagement. But just to let you everybody know that he will be coming back um at a later date. Real soon, real soon. So he's gonna be uh, checking his calendar and we're gonna get together. But I wanted to make sure that especially from how God is um helping you in ministering and to help us to be able to even be fed by you when you minister to us. I'm going to say this just on a personal note. Um, you really minister to a lot of people, especially uh, to my family, to me, uh, when you minister through music at my sister's funeral. And I heard many people say how much they were blessed and you 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 sung, but most importantly, you ministered. It's like you were just breathing. God used you to really minister to us, but also the words that you said before you even sung. You became transparent, and you told us how God ministered to you in the midst of what you were dealing with, and finding out that uh, you were just like us. Uh, you lost your sister. And for those who, for those who have been close to a sibling who may have lost their sibling, that's a hurt that is indescribable. And I would tell people, you know, I wish what we went through. I wish what um, many people have gone through. I wish that on nobody, not even my worst enemy. And for you to be used by God to minister to us, even in the midst of you, your own grief. I want to personally tell you, thank you. Thank you so much. God oh, used you to minister to us. And so I wanted to tell you that publicly 
how much you minister to us, how much we appreciate you. And um, that's that's <laughs> that's all I can say. Uh, that's the most I can say right now because you you really meant a lot to us to be able to allow God to use you, at, especially at that crucial time. Oh, man, no, no problem. I, you know, I was honored that um, you guys allowed me to um, minister uh, for that occasion. You know, I, I grew up uh, with Trevante, so, you know, it was definitely an honor, you know, an honor for me uh, to be asked to sing. So, thank you. Now, we have uh, like about seven more minutes. Um, along with along with your journey of ministering, uh, you also are in a journey of uh, weight loss. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the journey that you're on right now and uh, the goals that you have already achieved and the goals that are ahead of you? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, okay, so I... Um, I think you all the way to college, so I'm a graduate of, of Paul Quinn College, uh, which is the HBCU in Dallas. And um, when I graduated Paul Quinn, I was literally the heaviest I've been in my in my life. Um, I was weighing 500 in about 60, 65 pounds, um, and I, I I didn't even know I was honestly that size. Um, sometimes when you're living life, um, you can sometimes be living with some kind of shades on. Like, you know, sometimes you can just have blinders on and you can just be living in, in, in la-la land because, you know, you're just not paying attention to what's really going on. And sometimes you can be so distracted that you forget about some things that you really need to be focusing on. And so when I saw that I was at five, I was like, I was I was very shocked. I was very disappointed. I was I was like, wow, if I keep going at this rate, I I, I don't know what will literally happen. And, you know, I, I always thought it was a blessing because um I didn't have um, any health problems, um, you know, as far as diabetes or things like that. And, you know, my sister, my sister passed away um, from issues with diabetes. And so um, when I found out that was that size, I was like, man, I have to, I have to change. And when I graduated from, from college, I decided that, God, I must completely submit everything I have to you. Um because I was I was in college and you know, I was doing my thing, I was you know, I wasn't living the the life that um that I should live, you know, and, and so I when I graduated I said, God, I, I wanna I wanna give my life everything completely to you, submit everything completely to you. And from that day on I decided to live a healthy life and to lose weight. And so um, I literally let go of everything that was in my life that was toxic, toxic, 
um, I began to have to change my diet, change the way my relationship with food. I had to really start out with um, finding out what were those strongholds in my life that um, had me eating a certain way that I was eating. And when God began to show me those different strongholds, I began to deal with them. And i never forget that first day going in that gym um, and trying to get on the machine. And, you know, the machine wasn't really acting right and, you know, working properly because of just the, the, the heaviness of my size, you know. And it almost discouraged me, but I, I just began to talk to God and say, God, this is what I wanted. The closer I got to God and the more God began to deal with me, the weight began to just drop off, drop off, drop off. So, you know, from now I've, I've lost um, over a little bit, over 170 pounds um, so far. And it's been uh, almost three years, and I've lost uh, about 100, 171 pounds. And um, I'm, still, I'm still on my journey. I'm still trying to push to uh, get to where I need to be. Um, and so now I have linked up with the National uh, Diabetes Association, and um, we're um, actually um, helping to um, get people knowledgeable of being healthy and, and um, making uh, type 2 diabetes and um, uh, making people aware of type 2 diabetes and how to um, prevent having diabetic, you know, by just living a healthy life, reversing the lifestyle um, that you're living and um, reversing by um, just being healthy, living healthy, becoming active, um, eating, eating the right food, just making better choices in life, period. And when I say, when I, since I've made that choice, I, I, I could never be happier. You know, um, so many things change, you know, clothes got bigger and you know, I've been having to get clothes away. And so, you know, I tell people anytime, you know, it, it, you have to live life and worry about um, your health. That has to be a main focus. You can be successful and not be healthy and you won't be able to enjoy it, you know. So um, that's a little bit uh, about my, uh, my health journey and what I have going on. And people can definitely... Uh, stay in contact and keep in contact with me through my social media um, as far as um, just following my journey, they can um, uh, check me out on Instagram um, on, at Josiah underscore Khalid, um, and it's J-O-S-I-A-H underscore Khalid. And then my fitness uh, Instagram page, is, which is a new page, is Josiah underscore fit to live. And there's a link in the bio that goes straight to the uh, National Diabetes Association where they can be able to donate to the cause to people that have issues with diabetes. Also, they can go to my website at org and just to check out where I'm going to be at next. They can check out my weight loss journey. Um, we also have an Hydrate uh, Dallas um, event that's coming up in July. So they can be able to donate if they want to um, donate water, or anything like that. So I'm definitely excited about the health journey and hopefully just to keep encouraging people um, when it comes to just being more healthier. Yes. Thank you. Um, what we're going to do, we see right now, is um, 
we got about two minutes for you to uh, go to your next engagement. But I want to thank you and just let everybody know that he will be coming back to the show. Um, this episode will not end, but just the interview between us and Mr. Josiah will end. So we want to make sure to let everyone know that his contact information will be on his page, on this video, and also I will make sure to put it on my page for us to be able to keep in contact, but also we're going to keep him in our prayers. And uh, he has a single out called I Love Worship. Is that correct? I Heart Worship. I Heart Worship. I Heart Worship. And um, like I said, we're going to support him. He's doing a great work in the body of Christ. And Mr. Josiah, I thank you. I thank you. And what we're going to do, because we know we got to go, but I want you to be continue to listen because we want to make sure we're going to hold him up in prayer for his ministry, for his family, and also uh, just for himself, for his goal, his weight loss goal and his weight loss journey. Thank you for being the inspiration to all of us. And once again, on a personal note, I thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us enough to take the opportunity to come and minister to us uh, doing our grief with our sister. I want to thank you very much, sir. Uh, No problem. Thank you for allowing me to be on the show. Um, I always definitely enjoy it. Every time I talk to you, it's just uh, uh, a breath of encouragement. Um, and I, I just, I really appreciate it, and can't wait to uh, be back on. Yes, yes well, I appreciate you. I'm gonna see if I can, um, see if I can fix this phone. But I'm gonna disconnect you so you can go to your engagement. But we're gonna stay on the air, and uh, we're gonna continue our conversation off, off the air. But I thank God for you, Mr. Josiah. I appreciate you. I love y'all dearly. Love you dearly. And to be continued. All right. All right. Love you, too. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, too. Okay. We thank God for Mr. Josiah. Um, Like I said, he will be coming back on the air. And for those who are just now tuning in, uh, I had technical difficulties, but the devil is a lie. I found out that... um, at first, the episode would not come on. I couldn't get on. I couldn't get on. And all of a sudden, when I couldn't call in, God told me to go ahead and use my phone and try to broadcast it through my phone. And as soon as I was able to get through, then that's when it was time for us to be on the air. So we just have to kind of uh, go old school, so to speak. But I thank God for him showing himself strong and allowing us to be able to uh, have, in the midst of technical difficulties, God can have a ram in a bush for us to be able to really get the message out. Um, Today's episode is entitled Surviving the Storm. I'm going to get the headset off my head for a second. Today's episode is entitled Surviving the Storm. And Mr. Josiah had a powerful testimony, and like I said, there was more that he didn't get a chance to share because we were um, short on the time. But like I said, he's going to be coming back. He, um, 
as soon as he get done with his engagement, he will be talking to me later on so we can make some arrangements because I want to make sure that everyone get a chance to really hear his message. It's a word of encouragement. It's a word where even in the midst of the storm that you're dealing with in your life, you never have to give up. You never have to feel that God has abandoned you no matter what it looked like, no matter how hard, no matter how difficult it may seem. I found out a lot of times the devil will try to bring discouragement in the midst of an disencouragement atmosphere. You know, it seems like when everything is going well, we don't hear from the devil. But when things are going chaotic, then that's when he want to show his ugly head in his uh, raunchy voice. That's when he want to talk to us and deal with our head whenever the circumstances seem uncomfortable. But you think about in the midst of whatever we're dealing with, God would not only be there in our times in our good times, but he's also there in our uncomfortable times. God is consistent. In other words, he's there in our good and our uncomfortable. So that's somebody that we should be relying upon. But whenever we're going, doing good, the devil don't want to say anything. But what we have to realize in the midst of joy, in the midst of celebration, don't you know the devil is planning, he's plotting and planning things. So that's why it's important for us to always pray, always pray. Sometimes uh, we don't get a chance to pray when things are going bad, when things seem like it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's hard to pray. And sometimes those stored up prayers that we had years ago, months ago, weeks ago, those prayers that were stored up at the time that we could not pray or we cannot pray, you know, those prayers are the ones that sustain us. When we're too hurt to cry, when we're too hurt to shed a tear, when we're too hurt to even cry out, God remembers those stored up prayers. God remembers those times that we laid before him in our good times, in our comfortable times. And he will comfort us in our uncomfortable times. He will use those prayers, the prayers that we stored up, or even the prayers that were stored up by somebody else for us, those that interceded for us. God will remember those prayers, and he will hold us up. You know, I don't know. I don't know how, if I look back, I can honestly say that the situation I've dealt with in my life, I know without a shadow of a doubt, it was not my ability that got me over the situation I've dealt with. You know, um, this, this I have to share with you all. Now, we had we had planned on being able to really just uh, talk, but because of situations, what we're going to do this second half of this podcast, I just want to just share with you from my heart. So this is if you want to say off script, this is something that I, I really wanted to share with you, and it's in the theme of uh, the message of surviving a storm. You know, um, I found out in the most difficult time of my life, I found out that at first I felt alone. I was so hurt. I've been so hurt where it seemed like the people that you used to depend upon, they were unavailable. They were not accessible. And then when it looked like those that were are close to you are the ones that stab you in the back, those that you depend upon, either they lie on you, they betray you, 
or those true ones, they're unavailable. Or unfortunately, there are some that it seemed like those that were close to you, they end up dying. They end up leaving. Something happened where it seemed like you don't have anybody to go to. And I found out that particular time in the midst of those lonely times that I was feeling, God wanted to show who he really was to me. God wanted to use it as an opportunity. Now, there were some things that happened that it wasn't God's fault. God did not do it. It was my choice. It was my consequence of my choice. There were some things that I had to accept. I want to say that. There are some things I had to accept because a lot of times it ain't God that did it. It ain't the devil that did it. Sometimes it's our choice. But I had to be mature enough to realize, you know what? It wasn't it wasn't the devil. It was me. I made choices. And sometimes because of the choices that we make in life, sometimes we deal with the consequences. You know, I was listening to someone a couple of weeks ago, and I heard them talk about the person that they had dated or the person they had married. And they were talking about how bad that person was, how evil that person was. And then I heard them say, well, you know, uh, uh, it was it was the devil. It was the devil that caused all this. It was that. And I began to think about it. You know, when I began to listen, I found out that person omitted those red flags that God was showing. And so to be honest with you, I had to say it in love because it's time for us to be honest with not just ourselves, but be honest with people. And I had to let her know, well, you know what? That wasn't the devil because God had already showed you the red flags. But a lot of times we override what God shows us. So sometimes the storms that we deal with in our life, sometimes it was something that God sent. Sometimes it was something that we brought upon ourselves. But even in the midst of the choices or even the storms that we deal with that we cause upon ourselves, God can give us the strength to go through it. Even though we got to deal with the consequences, God would give us the strength and the courage to go through it in order for us to have a testimony. I think about Jonah. Think about Jonah when he chose not to obey God and go to Nineveh. When God told him to go to Nineveh, which was a few days' journey, he said no. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to go because he despised those people. Those people that God wanted him to go to killed some of his family, but he chose not to go. And by him choosing not to go, it seemed like nothing worked out in his life. Even when he got on the ship and the people that were on the ship with him realized that there was problems on the ship, on the ship. And the reason why there were problems on the ship was because Jonah was on the ship. So in order for the problem to stop, they had to throw Jonah out of the ship. They had to throw him off the ship because he disobeyed God and he had to get off the ship. And when he got off the ship, you know where he fell? He fell in the belly of a whale. And when he came to himself, he chose that he was going to go to Nineveh. And when he got out the belly of that fish, he ran. He made it there faster out of the fish than he would have before he got swallowed up by the fish. So a lot of times in the midst of the consequences that we deal with, 
we can allow those consequences that we deal with to be teachable moments for all of us. I'm going to say it like this. We all have made mistakes. We all have uh, allowed ourselves to have extra uh, crosses that we end up having to bear. But in the midst of God can be the shelter in the time of storm. Now, I know I mentioned some of the things that we put upon ourselves, but also those are there are some things that happen that, you know what, no fault of your own. There are some things that happen in our life where it's just life. There are people that we may lose through death. There are people that we may lose through rejection. And I and I don't care how good a person is, I don't care how sweet you are to an individual. If a person wanna leave you, they will leave you. If a person is sick and tired of you being nice, you being kind, I don't care how sweet you are, I don't care how kind you are to people. There are some people that won't like you, not because of you, but because of the God in you, the God spirit in you. And that's something that you can't you can't help unless you want to change who you are, which is outside of God's will. You don't want to do that. But also, I found out, you know, I was I was speaking to somebody the other day. You know, when you look at it, even in the Bible, it tells us how to have healthy eating habits. It tells us a different uh, food to eat. It tells us how to choose different foods to be able to have a healthy diet. The Bible tells us how to choose our spouse. It tells us how to choose our friends. It even tells us how to choose wise financial responsibility, how to choose financial investments to have more income. The Bible tells us all those things. But one thing the Bible does not tell us, the Bible does not tell us how to choose our family. Why is that? Because we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice in the family that we have. So with that being said, if we don't have a choice, that means God allowed it. So if God allowed us to have the family that we have, then there is a purpose. And so in the midst of that purpose that God has, even within family, there may be family feuds. There may be a division within the family. There are so many people. I look at the court, um, the TV court, paternity court. I look at that a lot of times, and it hurts my heart because a lot of times there are people that are growing up don't even know their biological father. There are people that it took boy and a girl to make a baby, but then a lot of times they have to get on there because they don't even know who the baby father is. They know who the baby mother is, but they don't know who the father is. Why? Sometimes the man is in denial and he want to run from his responsibilities. That's one. The other part is sometimes a young lady may have slept with multiple men within the time frame of conception. So now there is a question. There is a doubt. There is a paternity situation that's going on. That's going on. And so even in the midst of the husband, the wife, or the boyfriend, or girlfriend, or ex-boyfriend, or ex-lover, whatever, in the midst of them arguing, the main person and the only person that's at stake is the offspring, the child. 
And so that child did not choose that situation. That child did not choose that environment or that family that they were born in. There are many people I heard the other day, I heard that the, it was a singer. It was a singer where the mother was actually raped. And the mother was raped and she ended up getting pregnant. And many of her family told her to abort the baby. She chose not to abort the baby. She gave birth to the baby. And after she gave birth to the baby, she had some difficulties. But now, now, that singer is well-renowned. That singer is able to bless so many people. When you think about it, that baby did not choose, did not choose that situation. And it's already bad where either you may not know your biological father, but that kind of situation, you being an offspring of such a horrific ordeal or horrific thing, that's something that the devil could try to use on their offspring to get into their heads, to make them question their identity, make them question their purpose and value. But in the midst of God brought healing, God brought wisdom, even to that mother. God blessed that mother to be able to raise that child and become a productive, anointed minister in the gospel. And so I may not know specifically what you're dealing with, but I'm telling you from personal experience, God can help you in whatever situation that you're dealing with. It's a situation that I dealt with years ago, and it was so it was so horrible. But in the midst of what I was dealing with, God spoke to me, and He said, "Whatever you're dealing with, just know I'm broadening your audience for ministry." Why do I say that? Because whatever we're dealing with in our life, I don't care how painful it may be, I don't care whatever it is, it will not destroy you. A lot of times, the problem don't destroy us, but it's us allowing ourselves to be destroyed in the midst of the problem. In other words, we give up. The devil try to bring a gun to us. The devil try to pull a gun to our head, but we're the one that's pulling the trigger. And so God does not want us to give up. God does not want us to look at the situation or look at the circumstances as your final destination. God wants you to know in the midst of what you're dealing with, he can be a ram in a bush. In the midst of whatever you're dealing with, he can part the Red Sea. In the midst of whatever you're dealing with, he can make a way of escape. The God I serve can do any and everything. But what we have to realize, whenever we're in a situation where our back is against the wall, if we humble ourselves and repent and tell God we need his help, we're helpless. I'm telling you, a lot of times what we're dealing with, we're actually being set up. We're actually being set up for us to be able to see God show himself strong on our behalf. You know, uh, one of the great washing powders is considered Tide. But in order for you to know how good Tide is, Tide washing powder, what you have to do, you have to allow Tide washing powder to be used in the toughest things. That's going to reveal the integrity of that washing powder. 
Well, in the midst of the hardship that you're dealing with, how about we allow God to come in and show how tough he is, to show his integrity? See, we're helpless. We're helpless in what we're dealing with. We're helpless in the situation that we're facing. But don't you know, if we are a true believer of Jesus Christ and we obey and we know his word, it's our responsibility to speak his word. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to speak to the mountain and it moves. But unfortunately, instead of speaking to the mountain, we're mumbling to the mountain. God wants us to vocalize what his word says. Because it's, not, it's not us that, that defeats the devil. It's God's word through us. The Bible tells us greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So we have to realize that God has given us the power and authority to utilize his word. God has given us power and authority. You think about power. Think about strength. But you think about authority. Authority is what? Is the command, even if it ain't physical. You think about power as physical, but you think about authority as nonverbal, a command. Excuse me, verbal, but non-physical. God has given us the power of attorney to utilize his word. But unfortunately, in order for us to utilize his word, some people, we don't know his word. We have to know his word in its proper context. We have to know God's word and utilize God's word in the specific situation that we're dealing with, in the specific situation that we're facing. You know, we often hear and sing the song, God is a good God. That sounds good, but he's more than good. But God wants us to become more mature in him so that way we can start growing in him. And as we grow in him, God can grow in us. See, in a courtship or in a relationship, the relationship is designed for us to grow closer together, not apart from each other. Not to break us up, but a true relationship is us against the world. But if we look at our relationship with God, just like our relationship with our significant other, our love interest, when you're in love with someone of the the ideal dream boy or dream girl, we want to call them every day. We want to do something for them. We want to leave a little text message saying, thinking of you. Even if you go back to their house, and this is in a long-term relationship, you want to pop out to their house and leave flowers. If you're a guy, leave flowers. Send flowers to the job. Send flowers to their church. Thinking of you, I love you. Look, this is just because. We, we can celebrate Valentine's Day. We can celebrate your birthday, my birthday, but this is an unscheduled meeting. This is an unscheduled gift I want to give you. I want to give you because I'm thinking of you. And that gift is a response based on the love that we have for that person. But the same relationship and the same response that we would have in that relationship is the same type of response we should have and more in our relationship with God. God wants us to grow and mature in him, but God also wants our relationship to grow like never before. 
You know, we never know what we're going to face in life. And it's so beautiful. In the midst of you facing a difficult time, you know you got somebody by your side that you can trust, you can depend upon. You know, I'm going to share this little story that I heard last week, and um, we're going to get ready to wrap up the show. But there was a story of a farmer that was in need of a helper. So there were three people that applied for the job. And so he just asked one question. And that question was, uh, first person, how do you sleep in the midst of a storm? And that person said, well, what I do, I go ahead and I'll get up and I'll make sure that the horse is put up. I make sure that, you know, there is wood on the window so that way it won't buzz if there's a high wind. And the farmer cut him off and said, okay, thank you. I don't need you. And so the second person, he asked the same question. Um, How do you sleep in the midst of a storm? And so the second person said, well, um, I make sure that the kids are safe. I make sure that all the doors are locked. I make sure all the windows are closed. I make sure everything boarded up. And the farmer said, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Thank you for applying, but I don't need you. And so he asked the third person. The third person he asked, uh, how do you sleep in the midst of a storm? And that third person said, oh, I sleep well. And the farmer said, you're hired. But we found out that those first two people, in the midst of the storm, they had to go ahead and make sure that the horse was put up, board up the walls, and the second person had to make sure that everything was safe during the storm. But the third person, they prepared before the storm. So that's the same thing I want to tell you. We have to prepare ourselves for what's ahead. We may not know everything that may be ahead, but God knows. And if we can have our relationship with God like never before, have it where we can be able to depend upon him and he can be able to trust us. Don't you know that it will help us in the midst of whatever that we're dealing with? You know, I found that in the midst of storms and situations in life, a lot of times things are revealed in the midst of the storm. Purpose is revealed in crisis. Character is revealed in crisis, in conflict. True friendship is revealed. Sometimes we don't know how much a person loves us until it's tough times. Sometimes we don't realize a person has our back until it's tough times. You know, uh, I'm going to say this a couple of weeks ago when we had the situation where um, the death of my sister, I didn't realize how much uh, we were known until it happened. Or I'll say like this, I was able to see it. It might have been in front of me, but I was able to recognize it when it when it was the toughest time in my life. I saw so much love. I saw it. I might have heard it in the past. And you know how sometimes we hear people, hey, man, how you doing, man? You know, uh, thinking about you, hey, tell your family I say hi, whatever. You know, we hear that, and sometimes we take it for granted. But when tough times come, true friendship will be revealed. And also not just true friendship will be revealed, but also people who ain't your friends will be revealed also. You know, when tough times come, that's when untough people leave. 
But when tough time comes, tougher people are revealed. When tough time comes, the tough God himself will show himself strong and show you that he can be that anchor that will hold you where you won't fall, you won't fail. But also, you can see the strength of the umbrella of God in the midst of the storms in your life. So I want to tell you, whatever you're facing, don't give up. Whatever you're dealing with, know that it's not your final destination. Whatever you're dealing with, I'm telling you, you don't have to bury yourself or allow yourself to be buried with that problem or situation. You know, this is the time, I'll say it like this. This is the time that God want to counsel your funeral. Many people are finding their spiritual will. Many people are making their spiritual funeral. People are ready to give up and give out. But in the midst of you trying to plot and plan, God is has already planted your life. God is has already planned your life. I'm not going to say God is planned. No, God has already planned it. Don't you know, right before before you came to the scene on this earth, God had already had your life mapped out. God had already made a way of escape before you even came to the scene. And that way of escape is Jesus Christ. So I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what you're dealing with. Don't ever feel like there is no way out. As long as God being God, he is your way out. You know, I'm feeling my spirit right now to there's somebody that may be watching that may be in a domestic violent relationship. There may be somebody in a toxic relationship. There may be somebody that may be listening and feel like they're stuck. You know, right now, the devil trying to play with somebody's mind right now. The devil trying to make uh, manipulate the mind of people right now. That's where he battles that right here in the mind. You know, we, we're, we're listening, we're contemplating, we think about our problem, we visualize our problem, we internalize it, we have it right here, and then the devil talking to us right here. So you have what you're dealing with right here, and you have the devil's voice right here, the devil playing with your mind. But this is what you have to do. You got to pick up the word of God and verbalize what God said, because what you say will override what you think. What what you say gives more uh, is more powerful than what you think. In other words, what you say you actually training your mind how to think. What you say, what you say you're teaching your mind what is right. See, we have to understand we can change things. We can change our mindset. We can change our heart set. If we start speaking what God said instead of us. Speaking what we see. Don't speak of what you see. Speak of what he said. So in the midst of the problem, in the midst of what you, whatever you're dealing with, I want you to know that that problem, that storm has an expiration date. That storm, that problem that you're dealing with, it will expire. It will expire before you expire. But unfortunately, we are allowing ourselves to inspire to to expire in the midst of the storm. But God don't want you to expire. God wants you to be inspired. Inspired by what he did in the past for you. Inspired by what he did for other people. And the same God that did it for them can do it for you. But how bad do you want it? How bad do you believe it? You gotta believe it and if you believe it you will say it. But as long as you don't say it then that means you don't believe it. A lot of times, how to say, there's life and death in the power of our tongue. 
Sometimes you got to proclaim it out of your own mouth. You got to proclaim victory out of your own mouth. I'm going to tell you like this. Anytime we're dealing with something in our life, don't be no coward. Don't, I'm going to say it like this, and I, I hope this is not too hard for some people, but we gotta, we got to quit allowing the devil to punk us out. The devil is bullying us, and we're just taking it. We're too scared to speak back. But listen, you don't say your word because your word has no value. You say God's word, but if your word is God's word, then your word is valuable. And why? Because you are valuable. But if we start saying what we think, then it gives power to the devil, and it gives no merit to us. In other words, we'll start receiving what we say. Like the scripture says, you have what you say, but so many times we have what we say because we say what we have. We ain't got nothing, and we saying we ain't got nothing, and guess what? You ain't going to get nothing, and there's not no prosperity message. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with having finances, but you don't allow the finances to have you. You get the finances. But God wants us to help us to be better stewards, and not just with our finances, but even with our time, even with our talent, even with our gifts. So I want to encourage those who may be listening, whatever you're dealing with, let's do this. This is going to be our homework assignment. Whatever you're dealing with in your life, you write it down on a piece of paper. Write it down on a piece of paper. And after you get done writing down each one of your problems, now is your homework assignment to pick up the Bible and you find out what God said about each one of those situations that you wrote down. So if you don't see God moving in it, then it ain't his fault. It's our fault. Let's, from this point on, and don't think about, well, what if somebody see it? It doesn't matter if somebody see it. Don't even think about that. If it's something that's personal, it's something that you need to keep private, then, of course, you write it down. Sometimes it's good to even write it down in code. Sometimes you got to put it somewhere where only you see it. But write it down, and you write down what God said about that situation, and you speak what God's word said about that situation. Let's train our thinking by what we're saying. Let's change our way of thinking by changing the way we're talking. So in the midst of the storm that you're dealing with, God is going to help us kind of join because there's something that's going to come out of this. There will be glory, does the song, there will be glory after this. But not only after this, there will be glory right now. So we're going to proclaim God's glory, God's victory, God's joy to us right now. You know, I found out joy don't come, peace don't come after war. Peace come in the midst of the war. Joy don't come after everything is over with. Joy comes right in the midst of calamity. You know, sometimes what we're in and what we're facing, sometimes it was tailor-made for us, for us to grow up spiritually, mentally, emotionally, even financially. In every aspect of our life, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, physically, all these aspects, is there to grow us up. Because a lot of times we have lived beneath our privilege. Sometimes we have been behind 
and God has tried to push us. God has tried to help us to become more mature, to help us to be the men and lady that God called for us to be. And sometimes we got to play catch up. So sometimes God is allowing that problem that we're facing to speed up the process of us becoming more mature. So how about we stop bucking against God and start following what God's word says? Just a simple yes, God, I surrender. Surrender. Let's surrender everything to God. And know that whatever we're dealing with, knowing that there is nothing too hard for God. You think about the three Hebrew boys. The three Hebrew boys, before they got in the fiery furnace, don't you know that furnace was so hot? The 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 guards that threw the boys, the three Hebrew boys, into the fiery furnace, they got burnt up too. But don't you know, in the midst, of us going through the fires of life, God will, God have already planned a way of escape. God has already prepared us even before we knew it. I'm going to say it like this. We already hear about the story of the three Hebrew boys that went into the fiery furnace and all this stuff. But don't you know, God had told them, God had instructed them being prepared for the fire before they actually got in the fire. How is that? Because they refused to drink the king's wine. So you think about it. Think about it. If you're about to go into the fiery furnace, the worst thing that you can have on your lips or or in your intestines is wine, alcohol. So them not consuming the alcohol prepares them for the fire. So in the midst of what you're dealing with, God has already prepared you for it. But what we have to do, we got to withstand the fire so we can get out the fire. Listen, our faith is going to get us out of the fire. Our obedience, our praise will get us out of the fire. And don't you know, even though it was three Hebrew boys that went in, but when they looked in, they said they saw four people. And they said the fourth person looked like the son of God. So even in the midst of the fire, the Son of God was in the fire with them. It was God that was in the fire with them. But they pulled out three. They pulled out the three Hebrew boys out of the fire. But nobody mentioned that that fourth person, guess what? That person, that fourth person, God himself, is still in the fire. He's still in the fire, so when you get into the fire, you won't be alone. Just like how God protected, God provided for the three Hebrew boys in the midst of the fiery furnace. Don't you know, in the midst of us dealing with our fiery furnace of life, God is right there, not only holding us, but he's in there with us, protecting us. So whatever you face, whatever you're dealing with, don't give up. I want to tell you, do not give up and don't let people tell you to give up. You watch the people that you listen to. Allow this to be a time where we can evaluate the people that we're listening to, the people that we have in our circle. Allow this to be the time that we take personal inventory. So that way we can start receiving what God has for us and having people around us that's going to encourage us, that's going to minister to us in the midst of whatever we're dealing with. So I want to encourage you, whatever you're facing, we're going to give it to God. Just in case those who may be listening who may not be saved and they're wondering, okay, what can I do to be saved? Maybe my past is too hard. Maybe my past is too bad for God to forgive me, for God to love me. I'm going to tell you this. 
There's nobody outside of the reach of God. Nobody. If you repent, if you really mean business, God can help you. God can heal you in whatever stage that you're in. You know, Romans 10 and 9 tells us, Thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, and believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Whatever you're facing right now, we're going to give it to God. Dear Heavenly Father, we coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. God, we coming to you right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for being an awesome God. We thank you, Lord, for being a wave maker, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for being a shelter in the time of a storm right now. God, we thank you, Lord, for loving us even before we loved ourselves, God, even in the midst of us not loving ourselves, God, God, even in the midst of us not loving you, God, God, we thank you, Lord, for loving us, God, even before we came into the scene, God, God, you loved us so much, God, that you sent your only begotten son, God, he willfully gave his life so we could have life, God, and God, we thank you for it right now, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for protecting us, God, in the midst of the danger, God, that we were around, God, in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of the plots, in the plans that the devil tried to take us out with, God. You still provide a shelter for us right now, God. God, we even thank you, Lord, even for a mental shelter, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for protecting our mind, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for protecting our heart, God. There are so many people, God. You prevented us, God, from being hurt by God. We thank you for it right now, God. God, there are so many people, God, that you prevented, God. You prevented them from being in our path, God, to get into our head or get into our ears, God. We thank you for it right now, God. God, we thank God, those who may be watching, God, we thank God that you be with them, God, in the midst of whatever that they're facing right now, God. Let them know, God, that they're not alone, God. You can be there to help them, to encourage them, but most importantly, God, not only to get them out, God, but get them a message, God. Give them a message for their message, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for giving them the message, God, in the midst of their mess, God. And we thank you, God, for the message, God, that you have given us, God, to receive the message in the midst of our mess right now, God. In the name of Jesus, instead of everything you stand for, there might every problem, we're going to have a confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for being our strength, God, being our anchor, God, being our shelter, God. God, we speak it right now, God. Those who may be depressed right now, God. God, those who may be dealing with mental health issues right now, God. God, there's nothing too hard for you, God. But, God, everything that has a name got to submit to the name of Jesus Christ. And, God, so we're speaking, God, that everything that has been named, God, every issue that people are maybe dealing with, God, we're speaking, God, that your name prevail over everything right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we bind every spirit of bipolarism right now. In the name of Jesus, look like schizophrenia, God. We're speaking against that, God. In the name of Jesus, God, someone dealing with paranoia right now, God. Someone dealing with an abundance of fear right now, God. God, somebody be dealing with an abundance of loneliness, God, a loneliness spirit right now. God, somebody is looking for love, and God, they seek physical love, but God, they need spiritual love from you right now, God. God, help them, God, to feel your presence, God. Let them know, God, you're the only one that can fill every void, every empty spot in their life right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, somebody is dealing with grief right now, God. Somebody is grieving, God. Somebody is missing, God, their mother, their father, God, their child right now, God. God, someone is hurt, God. 
someone has built up hurt, God. And God, the devil trying to talk to them. The devil trying to discourage them. The devil trying to get into their head, God. But God, we speak it right now, God, that you minister to them. They're watching. They're listening right now, God. We speak that you minister to them, God. Catch their mind right now, God. Catch their heart right now, God. And let them know, God, that you will never leave nor forsake them, God. God, there are sons that may not even understand why things happen right now, God. God, help them, help them, God. And it misses them many questions, God. Let them know, God, that you have many arms that can hold them, God, that can embrace them, God. God, there are things that happen in our life that we don't understand, God. There may be things that we may find on this side of glory or on the other side. There may be some things that we may not ever find out, God. But no matter what, God, you still reign on the throne right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak of that you comfort, God, the bereaved family, God. Be with them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, somebody may be uh, wondering about a child right now, God. Their child may be in the streets, God. They don't know where their child is. They haven't heard from their child, God. God, comfort them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, comfort that parent right now, God. Help that parent, God, to not worry a lot not losing his sleep, God. God, I'll be speaking that you catch the hold of that child right now, God. I'll be speaking that you minister to that child, God, and help them, God, to do the right thing, God. God, give them that desire, God, to yield themselves over to you right now, God. And not only the child, God, there may be parents, God, that the children have never heard from, God. There are some parents that are out there, God, that the children don't even know where their parents are, God. God, we speak, God, that you minister to that parent right now, God. God, there may be some parents, God, who may be in the streets, God, who may be on drugs, God, who may be strung out, God. Those who may be uh, even in, like, in uh, human trafficking right now, God. God, we speak, God, that you protect them, God, and deliver them from whatever that they're in right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we speak, God, there's somebody that who is, Who's been known to go in and out of jail, in and out of jail? Look like their life is a circle, it's a cycle of jailhouse, jail time instead of family time. God, we speak, God, that you comfort them, God, and let them know, God, that they're important to the family, God. God, let them know that they are needed within the family. Jail is not for them, but the family is for them right now, God. Let them know that they're important, God, within the family right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Everything you're going to do right now. In Jesus' name, we pray. We thank you, Lord, for this testimony from this God. Lord, even speaking right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for even Josiah, God. Thank you, Lord, for him ministering to us, God. God, we speak that you protect him, God. That you minister to him, God. That you help his ministry right now, God. That you help him, God. Help his family right now, God. Even in the midst of the loss of their sister, God. God, even comfort them, God. God, we know, God, that sometimes with grief, God, Pain never leaves, God. God, you can help us to live in the midst of that pain right now, God. You can help us, God, not only function, God, but even to live, God. We thank you, Lord, for it right now, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for him, God. Thank you, Lord, for him being an example, God, to all of us right now, God. God, help us, God, in the midst of whatever we're dealing with. Not lose our obedience, not lose our praise to you right now, God. And we thank you for it right now, God. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank you for watching this video. Excuse me. <laughs> I thank you for um, tuning in, and I hope and pray that this message uh, ministers to you all. If um, y'all have any questions, comments, or even just want to uh, have some ideas on some future podcasts, uh, future topics, feel free to contact me. I'm on Facebook, Brother Prater. B R O T H E R 
pray that P as in Paul, R A T as in Tom, E R. Um, on my Facebook page, you can see my daily devotion, the up and up, and also uh, upcoming events and videos. Also, you can go to my YouTube channel, or you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.org. You can also see my daily devotion, the upcoming events, and personal appearances. Also, um, I have a page on there, a uh, tribute to my sister, Sheila Prater, that's on there. Also, you can go to the store section on my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to the inform men the needs and responsibilities in their family towards their children, their wife, their, their children's mother. Also, for the women to be able to identify the qualities of a real man, of a potential husband, our fathers of present or future children. I want to thank each and every one who are tuning in and thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night. <laughs>